It's time to dive into the latest news and updates from the Vegas Golden Knights. This is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We are from Studio 31 inside City National Arena. Welcome to the next hour of VGK Talk. Darren Millard along with the Olympian Darren Elliott here in the studio because everybody else is on a plane right now bound for Dallas to start the final week of the season uh, to set you up properly. The Vegas Golden Knights are on the outside looking in, three points back of a playoff position behind the Dallas Stars with three games to go following yesterday's overtime defeat against the San Jose Sharks. You've had some time to digest this. It was disappointing at the time, but at least you got a single point. I know that's not a huge consolation. Where's your head and your heart right now, and are they in the same place, Darren? They're not in the same place. Um, for me, you know, my heart says we want more, right? We, we wanted two points. Uh, we were in control of the math um, for the outcome. If we take that all the way home, uh, didn't happen. Uh, my head tells me um, that the biggest challenge will be collectively can you rally um, and, and get to a place that you need to be in a must-win situation and then take your chances. They play Dallas, and then it's Chicago on the second half of a back-to-back, Tuesday, Wednesday, and finish off with St. Louis on Friday. Not a lot changed with the outcome yesterday in the sense of you still had to run the table, and Tuesday's game against Dallas was going to be the most important. Psychologically, that's tough to get your head around. But in reality... Tomorrow night is still the biggest game of the year. Well, and, and nothing changed heading into Dallas. You had to win in regulation, regardless of the outcome of last night. But some things did change because at that point, you were able to, if you were, if you went tomorrow. So nothing changes for tomorrow. That was going to be the same regardless of last night. What does change is the fact that you look at, then you just had to, if you win that game, then you just had to match whatever Dallas did the rest of the way. You didn't necessarily have to win out. That was the easiest, cleanest way, but it wasn't the only way. Uh, now you probably, you no, you definitely need to win out. Yeah, there's, there's options that are available <laughs> to you that you're going to lean on if you're a Vegas Golden Knight player, manager, coach, uh, or fan that you didn't want to use yesterday. Yeah, and, and again, for the short term leading into Tuesday, here we are Monday, uh, nothing changes, regardless of what happened last night. You got one point, two points. You needed two to, to control it. You no longer control it, but that's not the focus. The focus right now is Dallas in Dallas and winning in regulation. Uh, Dallas Stars against the Vegas Golden Knights tomorrow afternoon, a crucial game for both sides. Dallas can virtually punch their ticket uh, with the victory tomorrow yeah. night. Uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, they can climb within one point of a playoff position if they win in regulation tomorrow night against the, the Dallas Stars. It can't be even. It, it can't be uh, all copacetic, but if you size up these two teams and the schedule down the stretch, they both have opportunities. Uh, Chicago's not a world beater. Uh, Anaheim's not uh, a team that uh, that Dallas should have any trouble with. But as a whole, like Dallas is a minus in goals for and against. Yep. Vegas is a plus in, in that department. Vegas should be able to handle this based on all the analytics that are out there. Yeah, but we saw what analytics get you. Yep. We, what New Jersey Devils. 
remember that? That wasn't too long ago. So it, 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 when you strike a team at this time, so Anaheim right now, they're losing, you know, Getzlaff retired. Fowler's uh, expecting, uh, so he might not. Be. They might be depleted beyond just their position of not, you know, not going to the playoffs. Phoenix Coyotes, uh, who knows <laughs> what team you're going to get there. That's been all season long. So you, sometimes you can come up against a team that you think analytically, yeah, we should have no problem here, and it becomes problematic because of the guys that have been infused. Look at the uh, shootout last night, Bordelow. Nobody had, a, you know. Fifth Logan, NHL game. Right. Logan Thompson has no book on him. He has no book. They just went head-to-head on their strengths, and, and Bordelow won in that situation. That happens this time of year around the National Hockey League. So big picture, you're down three with three to go. Yep. Now you don't control your own destiny. Uh, more specifically, you, yesterday you're up a pair on two mm-hmm. different occasions, and San Jose ties it inside of the final second. It, it wasn't even close to one of those ones where you take a look at it and no. you wonder whether the clock, like it was the longest point nine tenths of a second <laughs> ever uh, because it was, it was a standard goal. Was there an obvious error made yesterday or was it just things coming together at the right period for San Jose? Some good fortune. The fact that they didn't you know quit, they kept playing. That, that's really impressive. That shows us, Deep-rooted rivalry. We know it's there with the Sharks and the Golden Knights. So they kept playing. Um, there were some plays that, yeah, you can always go back and say, you know, coulda, shoulda, woulda. But there um, wasn't that obvious giveaway. When I went back and watched it no. last night and thought, what did I miss here in the, in the final two minutes? Oh, okay, so uh, with 206, which ends up being the goal being scored, the long-range wrister that just found the net, right? Yeah. Not, didn't touch a thing. Lots of people in front. There's a long-range rim from the what's the far side all the way around the boards, that's not a good play. Okay, you like to see something differently done there. The winger isn't in position for a chip at the blue line to the neutral zone where you can battle one on one against that you know defenseman. Instead, it's in no man's land between the top of the circle and the blue line. You try to chip it from there. Low success rate and it didn't get out. Goes right to the defenseman who's aware of, of where the winger is and then risks it on it, ends up in the net. Nothing horrible, but things you can do differently in winning hockey. Um, you know, unfortunately, the captain has a chance to salt it away with an empty net goal, hits the base of the net, ah, opportunity gone. Um, and then, let's be honest, in, in overtime, you have a four-on-three, and your power play doesn't power score. It doesn't really give you a, a number of looks that you would expect, given the situation, you know, the game situation standing situation and it, that you're up for just a four on three advantage in, in overtime you'd like to see more generated there that doesn't happen um so there were lots of opportunities to do things differently um did other things have to go exactly right for san jose i mean how did how does brent burns take the puck from over his head get it to the ice and to the net in seemingly one motion World that's class incredible player, that's incredible yeah. you know so yeah uh, uh it, it was uh Gut-wrenching, for sure. Uh, Darren Millard, along with Darren Elliott, uh, here in Studio 31. Uh, Remember, I am uh, two weeks removed from a severe concussion. So keep in mind when I say this, people are really upset with the officiating last night. I didn't see it as... I, like the penalty oh, should have been yeah. called on the slash. The penalty should have been called on moving the stick. But you still had a power play uh, in in that overtime. Yeah, the, the uh, slash the part. 
The slash, because it was in the offensive zone, and like so Carlson's in a defensive zone, so, so that's probably why, right? That's where the, the, yeah. the infraction happened. They're probably like, yeah, whatever. For them to move it, that to me should be called. Yeah. And, and, you know, from, our, from every level, right? Like that's that's a no-no. You, you can't shoot somebody's stick away from them. Correct. Yeah. That's, that's, that's extending a play in the offensive zone at that point that should be nullified. The first one where it's like it was a chop and it was obvious. It's like I could see them pausing because it's like, okay, you should be digging in in the defensive zone in that particular time if you're, you know, not and, – and referees do – I mean, it's, they're human. So, yeah. so there, there's a game situation. Okay, he knocked the stick out of your hand. Well, you've got to be a little tougher than that. Defensive zone just saying what should have been or shouldn't have been, but that mindset can you know permeate a referee's uh, decision. But then when they shot it away, from disallowing harder for him to pick a stick up. Right? William Carlson, I believe, was the one. Yeah, it's like then it's like okay. It's more often you see it when the goalie loses a stick and they shoot it away, so the goalie <laughs> can't get it back. Well, yeah, and and you, you can't move a, a player's stick in the defensive zone if you do that. In the last two minutes of it, it's a penalty shot. So there's lots of other rules about that. Um, if you if you play a stick that's it's falling in your zone and you move it towards the puck, it, it's a penalty shot. Last couple of minutes of the game. So so there are all little you know pieces of that rule that that are you know can be substantial. In that instance, if you let the first one go, I could go okay. The second one is like oh come on yeah, and that's before. The result, the, the you know, resulting play, the tying goal with less than a second, and I'm sure I don't know. I, I'd be interested to to talk to the, the official. Do you feel bad now? Like, do you feel like you maybe okay, should have done something different? When do you think that the official goes? Ah, oh, when the I, I should have shot. I should have uh, put my arm up there. Yeah, because they think it's, the game's going to end. Right. That that's in the in the end. That's why that all that stuff wasn't called. Does Vegas wear this? Does the officiating crew wear this. Oh, Vegas wears this. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't. It's a battle. It, it, yeah, and, and where where it is uh, a a very uh, generic term. Like, yeah, I'm not saying anybody's at fault in this, concussion. but yeah, <laughs> but but uh, but the official, uh, I I can see that being let go at that time, especially because, like you said, they're th- they're in their head is like five seconds, four seconds. They're mm-hmm. they're counting down. Their mental clock is like okay that. I'm, that's not going to be anything that's going to lead to anything. And then, okay, they push the stick away. Okay, time. Where's it? Come on. There's got to be four. You know, the clock's got to be running out by now. Uh, it didn't. What did you see from a real positive yesterday in, in having the two-goal leads uh, on two different occasions and then uh, taking this thing and, and getting a single point? Patch Ruddy was great. Uh, I thought Again. that was a back-to-back really good game Strong. for him. Saw some signs from from Mark Stone. Uh, the fourth line oh, was tremendous. Their best line. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I, most Before consistent. Before left. left. Yeah. yeah mo- mo- most consistent, and I think that's close to the lineup that you would have expected, right? Other than maybe the misfits with Smith out. I mean, that's that's how you envisioned this this team uh, way back when. Um, it hasn't had time to gel. Hopefully it does, heading into the postseason. Um, but I liked, I mean, Nick Waz had a tremendous season. Uh, and Keegan Colasar has really gained, uh, to me, he, he's gained a lot of confidence with the puck. Well, that matches nicely now with a more confident Nick Waz, who has 15 goals on the season. 
then you add Will Carrier. It's like, wow, that, that line, that's a mismatch no matter what fourth line you put them out there against. And then I don't even like calling them the fourth line because you can play them up and check them yeah. against somebody else, uh, somebody else, you know, top two lines and not miss a beat. Oh, at times this year? That's been your third line, correct? Knocking on your your second line, right? With, with everything that's uh, that's been out there. Uh, tonight's a bit of a pause for us uh, on the schedule. Philadelphia and Chicago uh, are the only game tonight, and then we get back into it on the Western Conference playoff chase tomorrow night. Yeah, a lot of games uh, last night. It was like 11, 13 games tomorrow, and just one. Just, it is a big pause, and neither team going to the postseason. So. Um, just uh, take stock and take a deep breath and get ready for tomorrow because it's going to be uh, a nail biter. What do you do if you're a player tonight? How do you how do you handle the night before the biggest game of the season? Like anything else, like I don't think you change anything tonight. You go out with the group, you go out as as a team, you go out to dinner with uh, you usually hang with, um, and then tomorrow is just a work day. And when I say just a work day, you're finely tuned or attuned in terms of what you have to do mentally to be ready to to perform at your best. That's what you're trying to do every single night, but especially when it means everything. And athletes embrace this. I know that's the one you know thing that the Are beer, you, the beer were, leaguers were you stressed? maybe don't. Because everybody, be. everybody thinks this is stressful, this is grinding, this is uh, terribly pressure-packed. I, I looked at them the last couple of days at practice and then at the game yesterday, and Looked like they were having some fun. Pressure is is ex, you know, if, if pressure pressure isn't external, pressure is internal. So as long as you manage that internally, the, the other is just white noise. I know people want to make it out to be more, right? But it isn't, <laughs> not, not not to the athlete. So it, it's how they individually get prepared to be at their best, mm-hmm. and that's what you're striving for every single time. Uh, you get to the locker room. You played in the Olympic Games. You played in the National Hockey League. Uh, you've done broadcasting at a national level. Uh, I'm really curious to see how you approached uh, these types of situations and maybe uh, advice or a path for Logan Thompson. Uh, we also saw Robin Leonard uh, as the backup yesterday. We'll yep. get into that. And the path to the playoffs, three games left, three points down. What does Darren Elliott see as the – arithmetic that has to come together tomorrow. He's a Cornell guy. He's really good at the math. He is going to plot out the math that goes into getting the Vegas Gold Knights into the playoffs. And we have a special guest joining us in just a little bit. Derek Stevens oh, nice. uh, from the D. Uh, the Circa uh, announcing that the, they have the jer- jersey patch for the home ice uh, sweaters uh, next year. Uh, so that's going to be really awesome. We'll uh, chime into that as we continue on Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to Nighttime at Noon on your home for the Vegas Golden Knights, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Single game in the National Hockey League tonight as we bring you Nighttime at Noon, this live stream, as well as on Fox Sports Las Vegas from Studio 31 inside City National Arena, along with the Olympian. It's uh, Darren Elliott uh, with Darren Millard. A lot to get to. Derek Stevens is going to join us in just a little bit. And do you have a great question for Derek Stevens? When it comes to my garbage, yeah. because like, I call them sweaters, and it, it, they're jerseys. Right? In, does in the does States. Derek allow you to, to call that uh, a sweater? 
but he's Detroit guy, so he might he be might more be okay on my with side. It. He might um, be he might be watching hockey night in Canada all those years growing up in Michigan. But a big announcement yesterday, as uh, Circa is going to have the jersey patch for the uh, the home ice uh, sweaters uniforms uh, for the uh, the Vegas Golden Knights next year, uh, taking that big step. What goes into that, and uh, what were the options? Uh, how big could it be? All, all, all kinds of different things, and it also changes. I'm not going to lie to you here. Yeah. When you're in the concourse at T-Mobile Arena next November and you're walking along and somebody's got Circa Patch on, that means they got the, the new latest jersey. It's like soccer, football. Oh, yeah. Where you got to have the, the home kit with a home authentic. sponsor. So it's it's kind of cool on that regard, too. It's really cool. And what a great partner uh, Derek has been uh, already. Um, you know, this is the next level. Because he's done the, uh, the the Little Knights, sponsored by the D Las Vegas, uh, since the team arrived in this marketplace, uh, somewhere over half a million dollars committed to to growing the sport at the, at the youngest levels, and this is uh, now you own a little piece of the home games of the Vegas Golden Knights. Pretty so cool, cool. very. Cool. And he got knighted yesterday at T-Mobile <laughs> Arena. Cooler than that? No. <laughs> Would you allow Lee to do that? The knight. I don't trust Lee. Uh, he, I don't trust it, Lee at all. He might come down a little too hard. Not, a, not a, <laughs> I'm thinking Lee's going to focus back on like four Tuesdays ago when we were playing men's league, and he's just going to go, uh, I'm going to take advantage of this. Yeah, that's exactly uh, what's going on. Uh, Craig Range, want to tell you about this, the perfect place to enjoy a pregame or postgame meal. Come to watch your nights on one of Craig Range's big screen TVs or the huge outdoor LED screen. Enjoy your favorite craft beer, wine, bourbon, or all kinds of cocktails as you catch the action. You can find a full menu for the whole family, plus uh, a full bar with 16 beer taps. Craigie Range at the Dollar Own Center and even features an extended patio. The Craigie Range Sports Bar and Grill open daily, no ticket required. Uh, I mentioned pressure, and there's nobody feeling more pressure uh, than Logan Thompson in these final three games. That's not being uh, a little bit dramatic. That's not being uh, obvious. That's just where the position is. Well, it's the position how, itself. How do you handle this if you're Logan Thompson? He's been a good student right? already. He's worked hard. Um, he's put himself in position uh, to, to play meaningful games uh, in the National Hockey League. So whatever he's doing, he doesn't need to change anything. It's really about perspective, though, right? So you can look at it like, oh, my goodness, I have to do this. It's like, well, that's irrelevant. You, you just go and be the best goaltender you can be on that particular night, find a way to get it done, all those kinds of cliches. But there's also the perspective, you know what? I'm here. I should be here. There's no pressure per se because you can't, you can't internalize it that way. What you have to say is like, this is an opportunity, the next opportunity to prove that I belong. And that's what it gets down to each and every game. And once you get to that point um, as an athlete, then it's about how do I manage my schedule, my lead up to every game that's consistent that gets me to that point. And that, that's really the process. Coming in in relief the other night, yeah. I think gives him a big step up for these final three games. Am I overanalyzing it? Well, he came in in relief, and then he, you know, played the last game yeah. uh, at full. Uh, coming, some guys, you know, you, you haven't thought about it, and you get in there and you just react and you do real well. Um, and, and he went in and, and did a really – it wasn't just a – it was one of those where you probably couldn't see it coming. Yeah. 
You know, right? It was well, I didn't see it coming. <laughs> I was trying to figure out what was going on at, at the time. So. Right, right. No, all of us were like, okay, Leonard must be hurt. There must yeah. be a reason for it um, other than performance or tweaking, getting the team ready because the team seemed to play quite fine in my books. But anyway, regardless of that, his reaction to it was he went in and he got scored on. He didn't, he didn't deviate from his game. He, he, so he was able to gather himself rather quickly. So that means he was in a good place coming into the game because that's one of the tricky parts of being a goaltender. I'm not playing tonight, but you might. You might be playing tonight. You, you still have – so there's almost like two levels of preparation. I'm starting. This is what I do. I have to be ready, but I can't burn myself out mentally sitting on the bench. But what do you do when your number is called? Because nobody cares at that point. Once you get it, Once your number is called, nobody cares about all the other stuff. When did you play last? You're being put into a tough situation. They just want you to stop the puck. If you could give him advice, what would you say to him? I would say remember the games that you were real calm, real quiet mm. um, in, in the net. Uh, go, go off that tape. Um, and how, did you, how did you feel leading up to those games? What was your prep that, if you can remember, if you, a lot of guys write this stuff down and um, look at that as part of their preparation. Did if you, you do that? Uh, I did later in my career, yeah. um, but that's because I thought I was going to write a book, not because it would be a better goal. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, there was, I didn't uh, either. I, got, I didn't get better. And you I didn't never write wrote the, the book? book? Never wrote the book. I tried a few times. Never got all the way through. Did you ever change your preparation oh. based on the situation? Yeah, like as as a young goaltender, when you're going through like I was in college, I'm at Cornell and I'm like, okay, I, I got there and I'm like, okay, I have to be the grumpy. Don't talk to me, you know. I'm on my own thing all You'd day be long. You'd terrible at a grumpy guy. You'd <laughs> well, be an awful grumpy guy. <laughs> would just leave me alone. I'm in my own world. You're the happiest than, guy in the world. It's bigger than everybody else. And it's like because I was more of a team guy, so yeah. that didn't work very well. It didn't last very long. Um, because of the results, or you weren't comfortable? I wasn't comfortable. It was okay. too long. Burnout, right? Yeah. I was like, geez, I can't walk around like that, boot face all day, every day when I'm playing. Then later in my career, I, I remember being at Harvard, and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to have fun. You know, it's a big rival. Just approach it uh, happy-go-lucky. It's 3-1 after 1, 20 minutes. Well, that for, didn't For work. the other team. Other team. Harvard takes uh, Crimson Tide there, whatever the heck they're called. Crimson. They... Uh, not Alabama. Uh, so they, uh, they're up three to one. And I'm like, so where was your sweet spot? Well, th- that was it, right? Like, you know, the whole thing right down from what you ate, when you ate. Like, every, it, it was, you come in, it's like pregame meal is at this time. Well, what if you don't like eating at that time? And it's steak or chicken. Well, what if you don't like eating all that heavy food middle of the day? So that, that, that becomes part of the diet change. And it's like, well, what do you do? Well, guys used to sleep. You know, from like one thirty to bus time at five yeah. o'clock. I'm like, I don't like that much sleep. So you you find out like what what gets you comfortable. What what how do you best prepare mentally to step into what it's all about? It's the game. All the other stuff is just lead up. So you've got to be happy with yourself. Know that you're ready to go. I I love his confidence. Exactly. So I don't expect him to to have a dip. He knows what makes him, you know, successful. Um, and like I said, if there was any advice, like well, when you were the most successful on the ice this year, every, you know, leading up to this year, what did you do? What went into that? What were you feeling? Try to get to that spot. And the other part is, I don't think he has to win them these games. 
No, they've played really well. They, in front they're of back to health uh, to a certain yeah. extent where he can be really good. Right. Doesn't have to be the difference maker uh, as opposed to some guys who have to go out and be almost perfect on, on their particular clubs. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, if you look at where, the way the team's playing and, and played with, with Logan in goal, uh, they've been pretty stout defensively. Uh, they've been pretty clean around him. He's been good, um, and as they've gotten healthier, you know, they've gotten better. And even the, the, the goals the other night, can't really blame him. You know, he maybe uh, was surprised on the fourth goal. Um, he locked up. He didn't push to that spot. Uh, he fell over instead. Uh, looked more like, you know, uh, an 80s version of that. But, again, maybe he was surprised, you know, that Hurdle well, was I right there. thought time was running out, too. Well, you, you, you're always playing the puck. So that, that part, you know, you're not, you're not in your head. It's not about that so much. Mm-hmm. I didn't think he overcommitted were you too know, much. Were you watching the clock? Uh, or were really. you watching the play? I was watching the play, and, and so I didn't realize that it hit Petrangelo's glove the first mm-hmm. time. I just thought it was off the inboards and to hurdle, uh, who you know, evaded coverage and detection, was wide open, which shouldn't happen. But the, the second thing is I didn't think that Logan overcommitted on the – the, the shot that was wide on the short side by Burns, too much. We've seen him so many times, calm, composed, gather his edges again and have a strong push from his left inside edge to the right side. This time, he seemed a little surprised. Maybe it was the moment. Whatever. He kind of fell over on his side with no push, and not that he would have made the save anyway, but technically, you'd like to see a different, you know, a different decision in that moment. Well, now they're trying to patch the hole. <laughs> That's actually going to happen next year yes. with the uh, the jersey patch that's yes. going to be on. Uh, Derek Stevens is going to join us in just a little bit. Nice. He's going to pop on, and he'll give me the advice. Can I call it a sweater or, or is he'll it a jersey? He'll make the decision. And yeah, he, he is the man that will make uh, that total call. Uh, stop by and visit City National Arena located in downtown Summerlin. That's where we are right now. Bring the family to learn to skate like the pros at the official practice facility of your Vegas Golden Knights. For hours and programming, visit citynationalarena.com. The jersey patch, the first ever for the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, belongs to Circa. Derek Stevens will join us on the other side of Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Live from City National Arena, this is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Circa. Derek Stevens will join us in just a little bit. It's nighttime at noon with uh, Darren Millard and the Olympian, Darren Elliott from City National Arena and Studio 31. I asked you about the math. There's <laughs> six points available, three games yeah. left. You're down by three. One of the most amazing parts about this is usually when you're down by three with six points left, you're out of it. But, they, but there's still a path here uh, and a good path for Vegas to get in. Do they need all six points? I, I mean, it, it, it might not come down to that. Right, I mean, because if, if depending on what Dallas does, what you do know is you have to beat Dallas in regulation. That's just start there. That's Tuesday's game. That's Tuesday's mission. That tells you all you need to know. Um, and then you've got Vancouver has some permutations that they're talking about uh, north of the border for them to get in. Other teams have to fall out and do this. And part of that is the Vegas Golden Knights winning in regulation in Dallas, and then both teams getting no more points. So yeah. it's it's a longer shot. But from a Vegas Golden Knights standpoint, 
you must win in regulation, then you've got to gather yourself and play in Chicago. Uh, and you, you're probably going to need all six. It, it's not, in, you know, it, it's not definite. With Dallas's schedule, it's hard to think that you won't need all six. Well, yeah. Again, we, we've gone, we've done that dance too, right? Oh, we should, those are two points, two points. It hasn't worked out that way. Like I said, I think the Anaheim game will be easy for Dallas just because of where Anaheim is. They've, they pretty much had their, uh, they pretty much had their sign off for their season with the Ryan Getzlaff ceremony last night. To me, yeah. So that might be a, uh, a foregone conclusion. And like I said, I, you don't know with with the Coyotes what you're going to get. And even if they, you get their best, will it be enough? <laughs> Given what's at stake for for the Dallas Stars, probably not. Well, even with all the drama around the Stanley Cup playoffs uh, that is surrounding the Vegas Golden Knights right now, there was uh, big news yesterday with the first ever jersey sponsor for the Vegas Golden Knights uh, belonging to Circa. And Derek Stevens joins us uh, from the D. Circa has comes to terms with that deal yesterday. Uh, congratulations. How does that feel? Hey, great to talk to you guys. Uh, yeah, you know, it was something, uh, something we worked on with uh, – with uh, the Golden Knights team here for for quite a while, and uh, yeah, it was great to see it all come together and get announced yesterday. So we're uh, we're real excited about this five year deal, and uh, you know, I think you guys know we've always been such supporters of the Golden Knights, and and uh, we're, we're just we're just excited to have our brand associated with uh, such a great franchise. Uh, it's such a good partnership, Derek. This is Darren Elliott. It, it, from the standpoint, even even globally, like the league has, you guys are at the forefront of announcing league wide. I mean that has to be special as well. I believe Washington is the only other team that's uh, yeah. so far committed to to a patch. So, so again, at the forefront, uh, very very cool. I'm sure for you. Yeah, you know we were we were excited about this, and when uh, the opportunity came up, we kind of jumped at it. So we were uh, we're excited. It's interesting that the NHL is doing this, um, maybe a little bit different than what uh, the NBA is or what uh, Major League Baseball is. Um, you know, with the NHL taking the position that every uh, every franchise should have um, a home jersey sponsor and a, and a different and separate road jersey right. sponsor, um, it came pretty interesting. So the focus on the road jerseys is going to be around uh, technology and crypto, and the home is going to be orientated around uh, you know a brand that that kind of represents uh, something something special in the uh, in, in the hometown of each franchise. And you've been at the forefront, as you mentioned, with the Little Knights program, sponsoring that since day one, putting in uh, so much money. Um, is that a natural tie? Like you said, it, it's it's about the home brand, and you're part of that. Yeah, I mean, it all kind of it all kind of blends together. I mean, I mean, Derek, you don't like in Detroit. I mean, you see the impact that youth hockey has sure. on the entire community, and and you know when when VGK came into came into this town. I mean, there weren't there weren't that many sheets of ice available, right? So it's pretty amazing to see how youth hockey is really just taking off in, in Vegas. It's it's uh, it's so fun to see, and uh, you know, it just gets everybody orientated around the great sport of hockey and 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 and, and a great franchise. Uh, I want to ask you uh, about because there's so many different uh, avenues that uh, that Derek Stevens is connected with uh, in, in in Vegas uh, between the D and Circa and and, and many more. Uh, how do you how do you come to terms with uh, with Circa being on the patch? Well, 
you know, the, the, the uh, things have changed pretty, pretty, uh, pretty quickly in the last, uh, I'd say, five, ten years. You know, who'd ever thought that you'd have a, uh, a sports betting company, uh, you know, on, uh, on, a, on a team's jersey? But, uh, yeah, things have changed, obviously, with, uh, with sports betting now legal in uh, about a little more than 25 states. Um, you know, it was just it was a great opportunity. We're, we're really trying to grow our circus sports brand, and uh, and you know the connection to Vegas. Uh, Vegas is still kind of the gold standard, I, I would say, as far as sports betting goes. So we just thought it was a great opportunity to put uh, our uh, our circus sports brand on on uh, on the jersey. And you know, we've been in the sports betting business now for uh, a little less than three years. So for us, we think it's going to help. Uh, Help uh, accelerate the growth uh, to to utilize circus sports uh, uh, for people on their on their phones and things like that. I know you guys. Uh, you have the, the Veasan Studios uh, at Circa. I got to ask you about hockey and betting, since that seems to be the topic. Does the NHL have to get better at divulging information like injuries, starting goaltenders, uh, those kinds of things? Do you think long term for betting to really uh, become embedded in the game? Yeah, you know, I think I think because this is so new, I think it's going to evolve. Yeah. Um, I certainly think that, um, that you know, announcing who the starting goalie is um, a certain, uh, you know, a certain consistent time before puck drop makes sense. Um, you know, the NFL really really took the lead on this uh, twenty years ago right. on how they announced injuries what the requirements were for someone that listed as doubtful versus questionable versus probable. And I think something like this is going to evolve uh, with the NHL as well. It's just, it's so new. I think everybody's trying to figure out how to get it right, (laughs) but certainly I think it's going to, it would help. um, It would help uh, the interest in the game. If there was a a greater level of consistency on knowing, uh, knowing some injury reports, um, you know, at a certain time frame, could be three hours before a game, something like that. That would be that would be something I think that uh, helps the integrity uh, of the games as well. Right. Derek Stevens, our pal from uh, Circa, and the D is with us on nighttime at noon. Darren Millard, along with Darren Elliott. Uh, what was it like when you got that first uh, prototype uh, sweater uh, that was uh, in your hands with that patch on it? Oh, it was pretty cool. They, you know, <laughs> they brought in uh, they brought somebody in to to be our model. And uh, it was Zach Whitecloud, so Zach wore it well. We kind of had, had some laughs with it, but uh, it was it was pretty awesome to see it. Uh, you know, it was, it was great to see how they how they put it in there, and uh, yeah, we thought it was pretty cool. So Elliot makes fun of me because as a Canadian, I call it the sweater patch, and and he wanted to know whether uh, you would be the one to clarify: can I call it a sweater patch, or is it a jersey patch uh, that has to be uh, across the board? <laughs> You know that uh, you're stunning me with that question. Um, we've always called it a jersey patch, but uh, I can understand it from a Canadian perspective. Maybe sweater patch is the right term. Uh, I, haven't, I haven't heard that one before, but uh, but that's not bad. Well, it's because you're Edmonton. Maybe that's what they'll call it in Edmonton. Not here. It's a jersey patch. I, I would I would think, Derek. I mean, the, the, between the soccer and the and the NBA's gone down this path. Uh, uh, having the most up to date jersey or sweater uh, is important for people, but you can't tell if you've got a Zach White Cloud jersey from this year or last year. But next year, you will be able to tell. Is is that a benefit to this whole uh, agreement that you've uh, signed and launched into? Yeah, you know, that, that definitely had uh, 
had an impact on our thought process. Um, you know, obviously, when you when you do a sponsorship like this, you hope that people buy the buy the official jerseys and uh, and they wear it out and about, uh, you know, around town and when they're when they're traveling. And and when um, you know when VGK announced that they're they're making a uh, they were in the process of making a an official jersey change. Um, that became really interesting to us because yeah, everybody's going to want to have the new uh, the new home jersey. Now, why, one one of the behind the scenes things that that I thought was pretty interesting is that the Golden Knights actually don't have authority to change their home, their road, or their alternate jersey. That has to be approved by the NHL. Yeah. So while we were negotiating the deal, um, that there there was no um, there was nothing that that we knew. Um, for certain that Golden Knights would have a new home jersey next year. So while we were going through the negotiation, that that approval came through um, from the NHL, and then uh, we got pretty excited because yeah. you know with the new with the new home jersey, everybody's going to want to get the want to get the new one, the new color, and all that. Wow! So did Gary Bettman phone you directly? <laughs> Scoop? <laughs> Not me, but I but I know either he or his. Uh, well, no, it actually was Gary because uh, because he actually had to approve. Uh, approved the video and, and uh with these uh jersey patches because it's so new he he actually uh he actually said that he is personally um overseeing every one of these uh the coming wow. through so uh, he didn't call me he called called the golden knights guys but yeah he personally was involved in uh, in all these were you distracted by the word that you had to get knighted last night uh <laughs> by by lee and were you nervous <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, I got I got thrown that one about two minutes before we got up there, and uh, no, I wasn't nervous. I was I, the only thing I was nervous was like, how was I going to get back up? But uh, <laughs> we had enough, enough crew there, so I just didn't want to get stuck on a knee. That'd be a concern of mine too. To be honest, I was going to say you can you can tell that we're all three of us are buddies because we all understand that really well and uh, and and have experienced that. Uh, so what uh, what do you think it'll be like that that first game next year with that jersey patch on there? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, there's always something special about opening night, and uh, you know, I think when when. Um, Golden Knights really go out later this summer with uh, with the announcements that they're going to be available and, and things like that. I think you know everybody gets pretty excited. You can see you can see the the impact um, that uh, the jerseys have. I mean, really, the English Premier League really uh, really led the way here. You know, with with their teams basically having a different jersey every season, right. and uh, and and jersey retail sales are are a big economic impact for the team. So. I think uh, I think we're going to see a little bit uh, of that here. We're going to see that throughout the, throughout the entire NHL um, with uh, with these New Jersey. So uh, yeah, I think there'll be a little excitement uh, around it. I think it'll really hit home opening night next year in the cabana with the jersey on, with the patch on, watching the big screen at Circa. <laughs> yeah, I think we're gonna we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have our jerseys with the patch on. We'll be watching everywhere from Bar Canada <laughs> to uh, Stadium Swim. Our sports book, and then to uh, to T-Mobile. So we're we're uh, we're fired up about it. Uh, you're an awesome dude. Uh, thanks for doing this, thanks, and uh, really congratulations. Uh, I think can't think of a better fit uh, between the National Hockey League and you and Circa. And uh, I'm really excited about this.
Oh, I really appreciate that. Thanks a lot, guys. Great to talk to you. Yeah, likewise, Derek. See you. Derek Stevens uh, with us, uh, Circa uh, and the D as well on nighttime at noon. Uh, and it does look for everybody that was worried at the start because there was some some traditionalists. Sure. That that patch is is perfect over on the right side. It, it was. Uh, can you use the term tastefully done? Yes. Okay. Then, yeah. Then that's the term I'll use. Tastefully done. Well done by everybody involved on the design side to get it right. Um, you don't want it to be um, gaudy, I don't think. Um, the jersey's gaudy enough, so you know what I'm saying? It, it, it seems to fit, and over time, um, everybody will get used to it uh, around the league. I don't just mean here in Vegas, um, and it will be a, a revenue driver. Um, I was going to ask him the question, is it only going to be on the gold? But I guess he gave me more of a scoop on that. They're going to change the jersey slightly, and it'll be on the new jerseys. Yeah, it sounds like there's uh, some, some trickling down of <laughs> uh, of the news to come about that. But Circus yeah. Sports uh, over on the right-hand uh, crest of the uh, the front of the sweater, and you'll have uh, room for the A and the oh, yeah. C and everything else that goes. No, now Detroit. The opposite. Detroit has the C and the A on the right-hand side, so you got to move it around. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, that, that's an original six uh, – thing for them mm-hmm. and uh but who know I, I guess we'll know what the, what do you think their patch will be <laughs> i think uh <laughs> little I think caesars we, we, we might have a, a heads up on, on that but uh so cool <laughs> to talk to to derek stevens like Very we can much. we can phone him up and he's that cool uh Absolutely. owner operator and he just chimes in uh with uh with his passion about the sport so when we continue uh some news around the national hockey league uh, injury news as well as the three stars as we continue on fox sports las vegas we're back to nighttime at noon on your home for the vegas golden knights fox sports las vegas love this tune. I, was, I, I probably cover as much uh, range as anybody when it comes to music. Like, okay. We've got Alice Cooper coming in to, yeah. to the Dollar Loan Center, a big concert, uh, the Muscle Tour, uh, in just a little bit, the Rock and Roll Hall of Famer inductee. Alice Cooper headlines uh, on Saturday, October 8th. Uh, Cooper will be joined by a special guest, my favorite KISS artist, Ace Freely, the spaceman. Uh, he'll perform his number one sales chart Billboard album, uh, Detroit Stories. Uh, that's Alice Cooper. Tickets start at $59 and go on sale Friday, April 29th. Visit thedollarloancenter.com for details on this landmark event at Henderson's newest entertainment venue. You've seen Alice a few times. I have. And uh, good to see that he's still playing. I just liken these old rockers to the old blues guys. Play until he can't play anymore, I guess. I think that's what happens when Ace is, is out there, uh, when, he, when he does his thing. Oh, an unbelievable book, too, Ace Freely. I know you've, you're still working on your book, but Ace Freely. Uh, <laughs> Probably way more exciting to read Ace Freely's book. I well, I, I think there's been more brushes with, uh, with death, with, with Ace, than, than with yes. you. And you've had, a, you've had a couple of good ones. Uh, let's uh, talk about the Masterton Trophy nomination. Just announced uh, from the Professional Hockey Writers Association, uh, congratulations to Jack Eichel, who is the Vegas nominee for Perseverance and Dedication to Hockey. The way he's come back has been amazing. I mean, that's what the award's all about, typically. Uh, somebody that's uh, overcome uh, something major in their life to uh, come back and perform at the National Hockey League level, and that's Jack Eichel this year. Uh, Guy Lafleur passed away yeah. uh, on the course of the uh, weekend, uh, number 10 with the, the Montreal uh, Canadiens, the ovation. The ovation and the, 
the tribute. Yeah. was uh, tremendous. Montreal knows how to do that, honor their stars, and he was a superstar. You played against him. Yes, I did. I can honestly, two times that I remember having to snap myself back into, you're competing, quit watching, was Guy Lafleur coming down the wing and letting a slap shot go. The other one was Gilbert Perot, because uh, I was a Buffalo Sabres fan growing up. I'm um, watching him stick in. I'm like, that's, that's Joe Perot. It's like, oh, yeah, you're the goalie for the L.A. Kings. You better get back in the game <laughs> instead of being you know, like you're a fan still. So, uh, those were the two times. Uh, Guy was fascinating. He won every individual trophy oh. that you could think of. Uh, Conn Smythe and Calder and uh, first overall draft pick, Hart uh, Trophy, all, all of that. I- I'm not sure he was ever the game in the uh, best player in the world at the time, but the best goal scorer. In well, the world. A lot like Ovi, right? Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he wasn't physical like Ovi, but in terms of how you maybe characterize him, there were players that were got more accolades. What I will say, because I got to know Steve Shutt really well as a teammate later in his career after he scored all those goals playing with <laughs> Guy Lafleur. Guy Lafleur was a scorer. He made Steve Shutt a scorer. So he was also a very good playmaker. Uh, in tandem, there might not have been a better twosome until a guy named Gretzky and Curry came along. Um, but those were two wingers, which was the weird part of it. Right. That, that were in tandem. It didn't matter whether it was Jacques Lemaire or Pete Mahovlich as their centerman. Those two guys were in sync from the moment they were put together by Scotty Bowman. And Guy lived life. Like the helicopter pilot, uh, the, the the butts every now and then between periods. Yeah, uh, there was there were so many gee stories. Well, he didn't he didn't get cheated. Yeah, um, but I will say two things: he embraced being an ambassador for the sport yes. in Montreal from the very beginning, and you never saw him um, in jeans and a t-shirt. He was always dressed to be the icon, and, and he was. And he, part of that is probably because... He, was it the Beliveau impact? Yeah, I think so, right? John Beliveau was his mentor, got to him early. He said, this is important. You have to do this. This is what you're going to become. Um, but these kids back then especially, I remember all the way through Mario Lemieux, these guys coming out of junior in Quebec, they're already icons at 14, 15, 16, and uh, that carried on to the NHL. want to mention the... Uh, Fan Appreciation Day yesterday yeah. uh, following that game, and uh, that was great for the players to, to come out because that, that was gut-wrenching at, at the time. But the first star award went to Evgeny Dodonov. Congratulations to him. Vegas Strong Service Award, Mark Stone, who has uh, such an amazing uh, work project uh, going on with both uh, military law enforcement and uh, and care for kids. And uh, the seventh player award goes to Nick Waugh. I think that was uh, really uh, justified. Yeah, very much so. I mean, uh, again, it was nice to be able to honor these guys. It was this close to being a full house celebration instead of 80 people left as everyone exited stunned mm-hmm. from T-Mobile yesterday. But great on the guys for coming out and, and, and acknowledging, doing their part. HSK will have their fan appreciation night Saturday against the Ontario Reign before entering the playoffs. What was that like, uh, you and Brian McCormick calling the game the other night uh, from Dollar Loan Center? Oh, fantastic. My first time in the building in that capacity. And uh, tremendous sight lines. It It is, look, I'm hockey stupid. It's perfect for hockey. <laughs> I loved it. Maybe hockey-centric is a better way to put it. But either way, that's what I know. That's how I envisioned that building way back when when we were talking about uh, designing it. 
wow. The, the guys that built it, the guys that oversaw the project, they, they hit it on all marks. There's not a bad oh, spot. It's fantastic. And we broadcast from the top of the bowl. Yeah. Like you're 14 rows from the ice. Fantastic. Think about that with uh, with Ace and Alice coming to town oh. in October. Concerts, uh, games, uh, indoor football. You're, uh, on, fir- it's, it's you're awesome. on first name basis with those guys. Yeah. Timer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Ace. It's like Mario Lemieux. I sometimes get them mixed up. Uh, thanks for everybody for joining us on this uh, live stream on nighttime at noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We'll chat with you a little bit later on the Insider Show.